0: with you let us pray God of all creation whose people traveled through the wilderness as we venture in a land transformed by crisis may we be living vessels of your mercy grace and love in Christ's name we pray amen Amen.
1: Seven verses one through fourteen. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and acted, says the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
2: Psalm 130 starting with the ocean side of the room. Out of the depths have I called to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears consider well the voice of my supplication.
3: If you, Lord, were to note what is done amiss, O Lord, who could stand?
2: For there is forgiveness with you, therefore you shall be feared.
3: I wait for you, my soul waits for you, In your word is my hope.
2: My soul waits for the Lord, more than the watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning.
3: O Israel, wait for the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy.
2: With you there is plenteous redemption, and you shall redeem Israel from all their sins.
3: The Gospel according to John. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus, of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. And you're going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? They said to him, "'Lord, come and see.' Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, "'See how he loved him.' But some of them said, "'Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying?' Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was laying against it. Jesus said, "'Take away the stone.' When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his feet and hands bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Word of the Lord.
0: God of resurrected life, we are here before you today like Lazarus. We are bound inside with no understanding of the life that is ahead. Raise our hope and call out our love that we may restore the world with renewed purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Like a lot of folks, my family and I have been using the isolation to catch up on some books and movies. Every couple nights, the older boys and I work our way slowly through a movie by watching small segments after baby Amos has gone to bed. Thus far, the standout movie, the hands-down star, has been Short Circuit, the 80s film about a military robot who comes to life and embraces pacifism. There's a scene early in the movie when number five, the robot, is still learning about life and the ways in the world. He reads everything in his host Stephanie's house, he reads an encyclopedia, a dictionary, some cheap novels, and then he binge-watches TV all night long. And in the morning, he goes outside and starts identifying animals. He sees a dog, and a pig, and a cow, and a grasshopper. When the grasshopper jumps away, number five hops after it. He hops, and hops, and hops just a little too far he lands on the grasshopper and smashes it. Afterward, he points to it and asks Stephanie to reassemble it. Stephanie explains that you can't just reassemble a grasshopper to bring it back to life. In that small lesson, number five learns the value of life, the fragility of death, and that morality of violence. Right now, a lot of us are staring at the grasshopper and trying to make some sense of it, which is why today's readings have so much to offer us. They are readings of hopeless odds. Of restored life. Of resurrection. Let's start with the Ezekiel reading. The Valley of Dry Bones. This is one of the best passages in the entire Bible. The story goes like this. God shows Ezekiel a vision of a valley filled with bones. God asks, can these bones live? To which Ezekiel says, Eloheinu, O Lord God, only you know. We've talked about faith as trust, and this is it. Ezekiel doesn't claim to understand things that are beyond him, rather, he puts his trust in God. God commands Ezekiel to prophesy and the flesh comes back to the bones but the bodies still need breath which in Hebrew is the same word as spirit or life. Ruah. I love that word. It's like an exhalation and an inhalation. It's onomatopoeia, right? Ruah. Ruah. Ezekiel prophesies again, speaks hope again, empowers the bones again, and they live. In case we miss the allegory, God explains it. The bones are a metaphor for all of Israel who are in exile in Babylon. Their hope has dried up, but God can still work. God has not given up. God can bring life up from dry Bones. God can restore life, and in that act of restoration, of resurrection, the people will know God. The people who had lost sight of love eternal will know God. It is restoration not just of blessing and well-being, but of right relationship with God and neighbor and nature. Notice what the divine says. I will place you on your soil. I will place you on your own soil. The people are restored to relationship with the earth, with the soil. Many of you have probably seen that in the last couple of weeks, because of coronavirus, emissions have dropped substantially. Substantially. We, as a planet, are recovering our relationship with one another, with the ecosystem, with us as a planet. What many said was impossible is happening. In John 11, we have another case of the impossible happening, another story of resurrection and just so we are aware of it, we should, rem- we should note that this is the story. This is the reason that Jesus is killed in John. In the synoptics, it's the temple cleansing. in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus goes into the temple, and the temple cleansing is why they conspire against him to kill him. But in John, it's the resurrection of Lazarus. So let's take a second and review this bit. Lazarus dies. He is the brother of two of Jesus' closest followers and friends, Mary and Martha. Jesus takes his sweet time getting to Lazarus to visit him as he's sick and to visit Mary and Martha. Lazarus is already rotting, already smelly in his tomb when Jesus gets there. Martha comes to Jesus while he is en route and says, "If you had only been there. If you had only been there." Martha is faithful. She trusts that Jesus can do anything. He could have made Lazarus healthy. Jesus ups the ante on that trust. Not only will resurrection come, but Jesus is resurrection. Jesus is life. Not just life as we know it, like the length of our days. The life that Jesus describes, the life that matters, is love eternal. We all die just as we are all born. That is part of being who we are, part of being human. But there's another essential part of being human, the love that transforms us all. For millennia, we in the char- church have called that the love of Christ. The love of Christ. These days, some of that churchy language doesn't resonate for a lot of folks. In his work, The Universal Christ, Richard Rohr reminds us there is not a native Hindu or a Buddhist or a Jewish or an Islamic or Christian way of loving. There's not love that is Methodist or Lutheran or Orthodox. There's not an Orthodox way of running a soup kitchen. There's not a gay or straight way of being faithful nor black or white way of hoping. We all know positive flow when we see it, and we all know resistance and coldness when we feel it. All the rest are mere labels. At the beginning of Lent, Jesus was tempted, tested in the wilderness. He was starving, and Satan suggested that he turn stones into bread. As I revisit that story at present, I'm struck by how different it is now that flour has disappeared from our stores. Now that bread aisles are empty, now that we start to envision Depression-era bread lines returning to feed those struggling with economic downturn in the weeks and months ahead. Turn stones into bread. It's tempting. Do you remember how Jesus responds? One does not live on bread alone, but on the word of God. Deuteronomy 8, 3. A fitting verse for our times. God is the source of life, the source of sustenance. Jesus, the word of God, The logos, the Greek term meaning both word, literally word, and also the pattern or the reason or the blueprint for all things. Jesus, the word of God. Jesus, the resurrection. The pattern on which everything was created. The pattern upon which everything was created is resurrection. It is as true for the natural world, for evolution, as it is for our emotional and our spiritual lives. One part of our lives ends, part of us dies, and then we are restored to new life, resurrected. We are not the same, but we live on. We read this passage this time of year in Lent. It is a sign of resurrection that is coming, change that is coming. And yes, that change is Easter, but look around you. Look at nature. The trees are budding and starting to flower. The creeks are flowing. A family of nuthatches has made a nest in the birdhouse on our patio. Change is coming. We aren't sure when we're still in Lent, but life is... Renewed is coming. Resurrection is coming. What we are experiencing now is not the end of the story. In fact, we might not even have started the part of the story that everyone will remember. But God is at work. Love eternal is at work when everything looks like death like a valley of dry bones God will lead us to a new vision a vision of life renewed of resurrection Oh Mary,
3: don't you weep, don't mom. Oh, Mary, don't you weep, don't mom.
0: The mustard seed this week is to look for signs of spring. Look for the budding trees and flowers, look for the newts in the creeks, look for the nesting birds and the hatching chicks, look for spring, look for life renewed.
1: hear the prayers of your people for the poor and the oppressed for the unemployed and the destitute for prisoners and captives and for all who remember and care for them
2: God of love hear the prayers of your people guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace That we may honor one another and serve the common good. God of love, hear the prayers of your people.
1: For deliverance from all violence, oppression, and degradation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the good work of this community, may our roles be uplifted by one another as we do healing work in Isla Vista and beyond. God of love, Hear the prayers
3: of your people. Nailed
0: it. We pray for all who are sick and afraid, for the houseless and the mentally ill, for the health care providers and the resources they need. We pray for Callie, Diane, Roy, Susan, Joan, Sophie, Jas, Stephen, Tristan, Amelia, Amalia, soldiers, for sanitation workers, for grocery store clerks, for mail carriers, for the unemployed, for UCSB in the start of the new quarter, for all who are struggling with the uncertain future. For all of these, we pray, God of love, hear the prayers of your people. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. All that we have asked faithfully grant that we may obtain effectually to your honor and glory. Amen. And now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day.